Looking for your next holiday? Maybe a long weekend with your mates? Or really need to get to the next game? Then it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com.au forward slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Brent Chappell, Steve Maven and Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so I've, my phone was running hot there for a while. But Could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Welcome to another edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chappell. I'm joined by two former Rabbitohs. Dan Brown, Steve Maven. What's going on, boys? Hello, chaps. Hello, Brownie. G'day, boys. How are we? Yeah, fantastic, mate. When you win on a Thursday night, you've got the whole weekend to sit back and watch the other sides bash themselves, boys. Yeah, it seems to have happened a fair bit this year. Haven't had many Saturday or Sunday games up to now. It's always a good weekend when we've won seven in a row. Yeah, well, it doesn't happen very often, boys. I think the last time we did it was 2019. There you go, seven straight. But yeah, and we won 12 in a row in 89. I know, back to us again. But Oh, well, yeah, the 55 side done it too, boys. But yep. let's, let's not sit here bragging all day. But anyway, it was off to a great weekend. We had the, the big NFL draft yesterday. My mob, the Chicago Bears, traded up from 20, picked 20 down to 11. And we've got a, looks like we've got a franchise quarterback there, boys, in Justin Fields. The young fella out of Ohio State. Fieldsy. Yeah, uh, he's a gun. Dual threat. Sit in the pocket. Throw it down the field. And uh, he can also run, boys. He runs a 4-4 in the, uh, in the 40-yard dash there, in the combine. So playoff bounds? Well, let's, let's, let's not um, get ahead of ourselves, but he's someone we can sit back and watch develop over the next couple of years. I wonder if he's related to the great Craigfield. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I don't, know if, I don't know if he's as crafty as old Craig Field. I used to love Craig Field. Is it Field or Fields? Uh, it is Justin Fields, mate. Yeah. Oh, there you so go. There you go. <laughs> Just on other sports, Mavo and I had a great day yesterday at the Junior Bunnies Golf Day. We did, yes. It was a great organised day by Keith McCraw and the juniors. Sensational. It was The great Russell Fairfax was out there and who's who of... The local community. The guest on our show later, Daryl Neville, he was there. Yep, and also the great Pock, Paul O'Connor was there, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. There you go. No worries, boys. What's on the show, chaps? All right, we're going to recap that come from behind victory over the Raiders. We keep doing it. What have we done it three or four weeks in a row? We've got to probably try and start a little bit better. I don't know if Wayne was too happy. He looked a bit grumpy there, Wayne. And we're also going to chat to former Rabbitoh from the 80s and 90s, Dirty Daryl Neville. He's a workmate of ours. Our remembering a rabbit this week is an old mate of yours, boys, old teammate. And that's 2GB, Too Good Bruce, Brucey Longbottom. He's one of the legends out there at La Perouse. And we preview the big clash coming up this week, another Thursday night game. It'd be great to knock that mob off, eh, and go into eight in a row out there. 7.50 p.m. at Stadium Australia, boys. All right, big show. Let's go. And we shared something on our socials this week, boys, from the Matty John Show. 
Brownie, you picked it up? Yeah, I did. Uh, sitting there watching the Matty John show after our great win on Thursday night. And the great man himself, Steve Maven, appeared doing a swan dive. They were commenting on how Matt Burton tried to do the swan dive but failed. And they put up a couple of swan divers from the old days. Who he, tri- he tripped, didn't he, Matt Burton? He did, yeah. He tripped trying to do it. But there was none better than the great man, Steve Maven himself. Well, it looked like he might have either tripped or stumbled. But you got to, next time you do it, young Matt, just commit to the swan dive. Just launch into <laughs> it. And, that, yeah, so. If, if you don't pop a rib, you haven't done it properly. Is yeah, that right, yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't hurt. The adrenaline's just flowing. It doesn't hurt one bit. It's such fun. Oh, the old days. Anyway, so we're actually going to the excitement machines function today, Brownie. And, uh, yeah, so one that we are featuring later, Bruce Longbottom, he's probably unlucky not to be considered in that. Line yeah, up. we'll we'll talk more about Bruce and you'll get to hear what he was all about a little bit later in the show. But, yeah, geez, he was an excitement machine, Bruce Longbottom. And just talking about the swan dives, oh, I missed a start and I'm thinking maybe I might have to go and try and maybe do one on the stage or something or in, the, in, the, in the aisle, do a swan dive just to just to put my case for being, mis- being overlooked. A <laughs> couple of the commentators weren't happy with him back in the day, were it, they? It wasn't well received, uh, no. Steve, as it is today. Exactly. Rex Mossop was the caller with Graham Hughes, and Rex Mossop said, oh, that's he, he bagged me and didn't like it. And I always remember Graham Hughes said, there's no place for that in rugby league, Steve Maven. <laughs> well, and, you're a trailblazer, mate. Well, chaps, we were talking about it just before, and Mavo was a creator because I, I don't remember anyone else doing it before Mavo. If anyone else out there can think of someone doing it before Mavo, Pride 87, obviously, Mavo's debut season, um, right into us on our socials and... and Give us some evidence of it, but I, I think I think Mavo might have been the inventor of the swan dive. It was that popular. It was featured on the Tuna Turner ad. It was the very first one in 1988, and also a pioneer of the Rabbitohs podcast because we've created that too. So thanks for listening, everybody out there. We love you. Well done, Mavo. Thank you. And Mavo, during the week you caught up with a Mad South fan out there at Parramatta. Tell us all about it. I did. Rob Bush. I went out and met him at. Burke Street Bakery, Parramatta. Thanks to Whitey and the team there for looking after us. Oh, and good on you, Whitey. He's a legend. Yeah, Wasn't your shout this time? No. <laughs> it was Whitey's shout. And I just sat down and spoke to Rob about how he was the founder, or one of the founders of the Queensland for South Sydney group. And just have a listen to this. Okay, we're here at Burke Street Bakery, Parramatta with Rob Bush. Welcome to Rabbitohs Radio, mate. Thanks, Mother. Great to be here. you got a story to tell me about a Queensland branch of the Rabbitohs you started. Yeah, so I uh, got involved uh, just after reinstatement or uh, just after we won the court case. Uh, there was a guy in Queensland um, by the name of um, uh, Jack who uh, put out a, uh, an advert in the paper for Queensland-based Rabbitoh supporters to come along to a, to a function and um, rocked up there one Saturday night and he was looking for people to try and get involved and get a supporters group off the ground uh, called Queenslanders for South Sydney and put my hand up and said, yep, I'm happy to, happy to help you out. And we, we just kind of got it rolling from there. So let's rewind. Yeah. We usually ask our guests, yep. where are you from and what was it like growing up there? So, yeah, Good question. So born here in Sydney, but lived pretty much most of my life in, in Brisbane. So uh, my old man's born and bred Wagga Wagga. I played rugby league down there and uh, was in club and hospitality management. So uh, he's a lifelong South Sydney uh, supporter and member of the club. So um, we moved from Wagga to Brisbane in 92 
um, and my first experience with South Sydney was actually going to see you guys play in 1990 down at Bruce Stadium. It wasn't necessarily a fun afternoon. Um, George got me in the dressing room and um, uh, that was my first ever experience with South Sydney until we moved up to, uh, to Brisbane in, in 92. And um, I think Dad expected me to, to support the Broncos, given that uh, all my mates are going to be Broncos supporters. But I stuck solid Mavo. And, you know, it was tough in the 90s growing up in Brisbane, uh, going to school and supporting Souths. Um, obviously uh, surrounded by Broncos and, and their success up there. Um, but uh, I played a bit of rugby league in, in school. Um, and then uh, I went, uh, went and saw South play Brisbane quite often up in a QE2 stadium back then. And obviously we didn't, didn't have much success up there at QE2. Um, you know, I, I remember Broncos supporters quite often chanting, we want 50. And uh, I was very young and chanted out, we want to try. So uh, it gives you some idea of those Friday nights at, at QE2. And um, my first ever uh, experience watching South win, actually, was in 1996 against the Gold Coast Chargers at the old Carrara Sports Stadium. And um, uh, you know, back then, up there, there, there wasn't that many kids wanting to, wanting to meet South. So I just randomly went up to the pre-match warm-up down the sideline and introduced myself to the great Michael Ostini, who didn't know me from a bar of soap. And uh, I managed to get my brother and I in the, in, in the dressing sheds after the game. David Penner, uh, beautiful cover tackle that night, won us the game, right on full time, and um, put um, Lee Odenrein in a touch. And uh, I got in the sheds, and um, probably my, one of my best experiences, Daryl Trindle gave me shorts that night. And um, then Alan Jones, uh, Tricky, the great trickster, my favourite player growing up as a kid. And um, I remember uh, Alan Jones said, look, we... Um, you know, we, we won all three grades tonight. We, we beat Balmain down here that night. And um, so, you know, he signed my jersey for me and uh, he got my brother and I together. Um, and uh, my brother's seven years younger than me. And so he got, he got us a can of Coke and he, he announced to the playing group first time we'd ever seen them win live. And um, he got the playing group together and we sung Glory, Glory on the concrete sheds of Carrara. So with good. the playing group. It was just phenomenal. Yeah, you remember that like it was yesterday by the sounds of it. It was just wonderful. And, you know, it just epitomises what this, what this club's all about. Um, and, you know, even though they weren't, uh, weren't the most successful times, they were still really great times supporting South Sydney. Uh, and, you know, it epitomised the values of our, of our club and our organisation and why so many of us love South Sydney and live and breathe it every day of the week. So how did it come about that you started this... Yeah, so as I said, went along to this function on a, on a Saturday night. I think it was about August or September 2001, uh, just after the we won the court case, um, and introduced myself to Jack Saunders and uh, said, yeah, look, keen to get involved and, and help you out. And he said, look, I'm, I'm looking for people to, to jump on the committee and, and help us out. So um, we formed a, a committee, and uh, I was the inaugural secretary and treasurer. And um, we uh, uh, basically put it out there and said, look, you know, people want to join up Queenslanders for South Sydney. So we've got a, a huge amount of interest. We did a, did a bit of publicity. And um, we'd found out that John Sattler was uh, the... He was the, the manager of the public bar at the Runcorn Tavern at the time yep. um, in, um, in, in the west of Sydney there, uh, west of Brisbane, rather. Yep. And um, so I went over and, and had a meeting uh, with Sats and, you know, said, so look... Um, we're keen to get involved as a patron of 
Queenslanders for South Sydney and he said, look, I'd, I'd love to. Um, and uh, so we got Sats on board and then we, we basically just went out with a, with a, a pretty big uh, mail-out, direct mail-out drive from all the contact addresses we had from that function. And then from there, it just kind of just, we put a thing out in the paper, uh, did a little, a little bit of local area marketing with interviews and so forth. Um, and we, we started up Queenslanders for South Sydney. So we put it together and we got a fairly good committee together at the time. And we, um, we, so look, we, um, we put together a, a program for 2002 for our first season back. Yep. We, um, we organised a, a busload of people uh, to come down from Brisbane. And one of, the, one of the members at the time by the name of Dave Wilmot, who's a, another lifelong friend I've just met through, through Queenslanders for South Sydney and our love of South Mavo. And his father, um, Roy, was actually involved with the club for quite some time down here. And um, so he, he was working for a bus company. So we got the bus pretty cheap, um, hired it, drove down. And through his, uh, his dad, we organised for, um, uh, for everybody... We didn't tell everyone, so it was a bit of a surprise. We rocked up at the Leagues Club. We left at about 8 o'clock Thursday night. Now, as you know, we played the Roosters Friday night, so we got down here early Friday morning from Brisbane, and uh, we arranged to have breakfast at the Leagues Club with George. And uh, I'll never, ever forget sitting there, and George walked in to the, in, into the bistro at the old Leagues Club, and they'd only opened just for us. Yep. Uh, and I remember thinking to myself, wow. Yeah, that's George Pickens. Great George Pickens. It was yeah. it was just terrific, and then we the, the club just went from strength to strength. So we um, we held match day functions over at the Runcorn Tavern. Um, so we'd sat uh, to put put an area aside at the Runcorn Tavern for us um, outside and set a TV and everything up, and uh, we'd uh, we'd go over there and um, you know we'd, we'd put a bit of food on, a few drinks, and uh, we'd, we'd watch the game over there with everybody, and it was it was just terrific to build that camaraderie up in in southeast Queensland with a whole group of, of South Sydney people. How many members did you start off with, and did it grow from there? Yeah, we we started off with I think it was about a about fifty or hundred odd members. We we increased it to from memory, Mavos, about about two and a half odd thousand members we really? had. And we, we charged a membership fee, so we back then it was I think at five dollars for individual for a year and fifteen bucks for a family. Mm. We used to do a quarterly four page newsletter that we'd, we'd put out um, to everybody about what was going on, and we'd obviously do functions for games and so forth up there. Mm. So um, and you know Queenslanders for South Sydney is still going today, and oh, really? going, yeah, going strong. The, the guys up there are, are doing a great job. Rob Oliveri and Joe Kelly and the gang, and um, you know it's it's just great to see that passion with uh, with. As Anthony Maroon says, the nation's favourite sporting team, you know, in southeast Queensland. So we've got listeners in up in Brisbane and Queensland. Yep. How do they get involved with Queenslanders for South Sydney? Yeah, so they can jump on Facebook uh, and look up Queenslanders for South Sydney. The guys have got a, a Facebook page on there, um, and they can jump on there, reach out to the guys, and get involved with them through there. And they're still very active on match days, and uh, particularly when the boys come up there before games, uh, doing functions and catching up and all that type of stuff. So. We might have to share that on our socials as well. We've got our Rabbitohs Radio Podcast listeners group, so we might have to collaborate with the guys up there. Yeah, sounds great. They'd love it. Absolutely love it. Thanks for joining us, Rob, on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. My pleasure. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, Mavo. Well, Mavo, not a bad little story there. He's, he's South Sydney mad, this player. He is, yes. And, you know, he's Sats helped him out up there, and they're still 
going today, that group. So there's some proud Queenslanders up there who love the bunnies. They're organising different bus trips to the games and they'll be all there for Magic Round when we play the Sharks. And there's another game, I think, where we play the Broncos up there. So there's a couple of events for those Queenslanders up there. But, yeah, connecting the Rabbitohs community and... And they were all up there at the Titans game last week. As I said, um, we outnumbered the Titans fans. So my auntie's a member of that group. So if you're up there in Queensland and you're a Mad South fan listening right now, you can jump on our episode webpage and we'll send you some details to hook up with those guys. And just before we um, move on there, his first game that he ever went to, and George got him in the dressing rooms, was uh, down there at Bruce Stadium and Steve Maven scored a try and the late Adam O'Neill and also um, a good friend of the show, Manuel Thompson, boys. And you marked up against... Mal Meninga in the Sevens. Then later on the year, we played Canberra again. Then Brownie marked up against Mal Meninga in the Sevens. <laughs> mm. And what were the scores so in those games? Oh, Chaps. mate, there wasn't much in it. I think it was 48 to 14 down there at Bruce Stadium. And then they just got us with about 10 to go, 48 nil at, um, up there at Sydney Football Stadium. It might have been one of the first games there. And um, the goal kicker that day up there at um, Sydney Footy Stadium wasn't required. Mark Ellison. <laughs> the uh, host of the top four, top four podcast. podcast on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. Yeah, it was a tough year, 1990 for the mighty Rabbitohs, but uh, I'm sure the tables would have been turned in 1989. Although we didn't make the grand final, we were very dominant against the Raiders in 1989. Yeah, well, I think we did beat the Raiders and the Tigers that year that they played in that epic grand final. So, yeah, that's... So, was it wasn't an easy task coming up against Big Mal, was it, Mother? It wasn't. It was like trying to tackle a runaway train. He had legs like tree trunks. <laughs> and all he could do was just go low and hope for the best. Well, yeah. you can just look, rattle them off, these rep players. Gary Belcher, Mal Meninga, Chicka Ferguson, Laurie Daly, Ricky Stewart, Steve Walters, Glenn Lazarus, Bradley Clyde. A couple of the real all-time greats of the game, so I'm not surprised you just uh, only got beat there by 48. Fair side. Also, during the week, I popped into High Pop at Alexandria and spoke to Jono, who helped us out with some lighting options. And he asked me about a myth that the South fans used to eat rabbit while the roosters feasted on chicken, and that's how we got our names. So I said to him, no, I don't think that's quite right. Back in the day, people would walk the streets selling rabbitos, and they'd sell out, and they'd call out rabbitos, rabbitos. So that's how we got our name, but I don't know how the chooks got theirs. I'd rather eat a rabbit anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure how the chooks got theirs, and um, I don't really care either. How about there, that? There you go. Stick Steggles up there, bum. Now, <laughs> Global Ambassadors, and we'd like to shout out to our man in Melbourne, Peter Georgiatis, for displaying a Rabbitohs poster with our logo in the Morning Star Hotel, Williamstown. We've shared that on our website webpage, and the poster states, we proudly support the South Sydney Rabbitohs in the NRL. Chaps, he's also sent you a photo. They put some red and green lighting up. Yep, he went down there, obviously the Star Hotel, because the Molly Rabbitohs are playing. He went and watched them have a big win, and he also said to me, give my best wishes to Brownie for his birthday on Thursday, same day we knocked off the Raiders, and it was also Pete's bloody birthday too. So happy birthday, Pete. Uh, happy birthday, Pete. I'm sure you had a great day after a, a great win on a Thursday night. A couple of happy rabbits down there in Melbourne. It was a good birthday present. A couple of Rabbitohs legends born on the same day. Yep, sure. And they also, they put in a couple of red and green lights right over the bar where they sit there and have a drink and cheer on the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs. So anyone, whether you're a South Sydney fan down there going to have a surf at the wave pool for the weekend or, or whatever, if South Sydney are playing there and you can't make it to the game up here, 
go down to the Star Hotel and join the basically the Victorian supporters group. And also our man Brendan Taliski happens to know a bloke down there by the name of Walter who he used to deliver fruit and veg to. And Walter is a regular at the pub watching the Rabbitohs with all the local Rabbitohs supporters down there. So connecting the Rabbitohs community. Brendan from the Central Coast all the way to Melbourne. And it sounds like a great night in there of all the, the bunny supporters. Oh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be rampant down there. Yep, I wouldn't mind getting down there. If I go down there and have a crack at that wave pool, I'm going to jump into the Star Hotel and have a beer anyway, even if we're not playing. Now, we might recap that topsy-turvy game over the Raiders where we got behind and come right over the top now, boys. We started pretty well. We ended up getting a turnover in that second, basically the second tackle of the game. And Jai Arrow almost ran away, picked their pocket and scored a try, but the referee pulled it up, probably fair enough. And every time we went down that left-hand side early, uh, young Bailey Simons had come flying off the wing and snuffed it out, hit Cody a couple of times, hit Benji a couple of times. But eventually the the game smarts of Benji Marshall, watching him fly up every time, just did that bullet 20-metre pass over the top, hit AJ in the corner for a beautiful South Sydney try, boys. It's a bit of a concern. I, I know you said we, we started well, but I, I thought we started slow. And it's been happening the last few weeks where we, we come out and, and we allow the opposition to, to dominate you know, our, our attack. And look, you've got to give credit to Canberra where it's due because they came out and they were really up for the game, similar to what the Titans were last week. And we're going to have to get used to that because every team that we play is going to lift to play the Rabbitohs because we are one of the benchmarks of the competition. And Wayne said in the press conference that he wasn't happy with our start and so we should be it's got to get better and especially coming up against uh, Melbourne this week conceded a lot of six agains in that first 20 minutes and I think at one stage they had a couple of back-to-back six agains and scored off the back of it those first couple of tries they scored so we've got to we've got to get better in that area I think it was 7-0 uh, the six agains we, we won the penalty count but it was we, we didn't get one six again well I thought yes we hung in there and that's what we've been doing. And that's why we've won seven in a row. And if you look at the game, we lost Cam. Cam was a bit of a passenger with that injury. That's yeah, what what that's about that late, that, late, that late hit? Ryan James, that, that, would, that deserved, uh, I think, maybe the go-on report. That, that was well late. Mm. And chaps, you've got an update on Cameron Murray's condition. Yeah, I, I texted his father just prior to recording. And he said he had scans. Now, we're recording Saturday morning, by the way, listeners. He had scans yesterday, hasn't had any news, but he said he's a bit sore and swollen and it might be a little mild case of syndesmosis. So I'd say he'd be out this week. Well, I think he definitely will be. I've spoken to Mark Ellison and he'll be having this week off and we'll just have to find out how long that's going to be. But yeah, so we hung in there and beautiful ball from Benji on the left there, chaps. That was sensational. And then a bit later in the game, Cody, a great ball to Campbell. Stretch straight through. And that was, that ran was, a great line, didn't he? And that was a great line. It was set up by a big hit up from Liam Knight. It was just starting yes. to come on a bit, boys. Starting yes. to get a bit of confidence. I yes. thought he was really good uh, on the weekend. Probably his best game since he came back mm-hmm. from that head knock. He ran for 148 metres and only played 37 minutes. So uh, I thought he was really good, Liam. He was so, busy, wasn't he, mate? Yeah. So he might take Cam's starting role. That's speculation now. The teams won't be out till Tuesday, but we can only speculate that that's what might happen. But yeah, also... The big talking point of the game, I suppose, was how good our man Keon Kalamatungi went. And also Jaden Sewer. 
Keon had to go and spend some time in the middle, which just showcased his talents even more. He, I think he did about 38 tackles, run for a lot of metres. He was everywhere, set up a try. And the one that I enjoyed the most was when Renault passed it to Keon, straight through the gap, looks to his right. He's his best mate in the team, Jaden, the bromance, gives him the ball and they score. And that embrace they had after the game was true love. They're really no, good. That was true love, but no, they do, they get on really well, and that, this team is so happy. And to, to see that was was a great moment in the match. Yeah, like like you said, Mavo, I thought our edge players were really good, both of them, Keon and, and Jaden Sewer. They both run for good meters. And the thing you spoke about earlier, we didn't panic. We know we can score points, and it was like last week. The game was quite similar. We came out after halftime full of momentum, and we put on. A quick three tries, didn't we, chaps? And I thought one, six, and seven. They're almost carbon copies. They were. Reynolds. Reynolds to Benji to Cody. His little trick shot. Remember, he done it yeah. again. Showed some dummy to kick out the back. It was brilliant, that one where he had Bailey Simonson backing off with his sort of turning, looking over his left shoulder. And as soon as he went to do a full pivot and turn around, back turn, Cody hit him, hit, hit AJ in the corner, and it was all over. Good night, Loretta. As soon as we've got them backpedalling, and we just go at him with pace. You can't back no, no Cody Walker. It's, no one can stop it's, us. It's good night. He'll just carve you to pieces. Yeah. The disallowed tries, boys, a little bit later in the game after uh, we lost Jacob Host. What were your thoughts on them? I, I thought it was fair ruling. If it was against us, we probably would have been a bit filthy. But at the end of the day, um, the rules are put in place there. And that was, a, that was a classic obstruction. Benji was not allowed to make a proper tackle on Jack Whiten because Emre Goulet stood in the line. He didn't run did he through or the not? line. He did, that's right. Mm. And, and look, to be honest with you, Benji probably wouldn't have got to the Raiders player, Jack Whiten. He wouldn't have got to him, so he would have scored anyway. But like you said, Chaps, it's the rule. And if you're not going to run through the line, be prepared. If a player runs into you, trying to attempt the tackle, which Benji was cunning enough to, to do, and knew he probably wasn't going to get to Whiten, so he just ran into Emre Gulo. Be prepared to uh, get a penalty p- put against you. And the other one was um, Corey Harawira-Naira. He actually tried to disappear. He knew he'd... He, knew he tried to play <laughs> yeah. fell over. He knew someone ran behind him with the ball, and he sort of tried to slide in like a yeah. mm. like a uh, baseball player slide in a home plate there, boys, yeah. and it just didn't work out. Well, but, that wasn't uh, obstruction, was it? That, that was catching the ball on the inside. Yeah, it was, yeah that's right. He's too so, big to disappear. Big no, Corey. he's a big unit, old Corey. So it's good to see him get a start yeah. back in first grade so, again. So, look, we had a little bit of luck there. But in saying that, uh, the decisions were correct. And we done well to hold him out for 12 men because they had, they had a couple of shots on us, didn't they? Sure did, mate. And the performance of Adam Reynolds, he was outstanding again, boys. He's, he's probably missed a few kicks early in the first half, which contributed to our slow start. One kick out in the full from really good pressure from the Raiders from the inside and another one where the, the bomb didn't didn't quite hit it right but when you come to goal kicking boys a lot of our tries are right out wide he's now he's nailed every single one of them and a couple of them were different one was a sort of outswinger that came back yeah, it in was, wasn't it? another one was a like a a low one wood or a, or a th- you know two iron or something like that and just went straight over the black dot from the sideline he just about done it all he's now kicked 13 straight goals now Adam Reynolds the last couple of weeks. So he's starting to get on a fair dinkum streak. Seven from seven's a valuable contribution, isn't it? Well, when you turn four into six just about every time, 
it's like you said, Mavo, it's very valuable and goes a long way towards winning the game. And one of those was just so good to watch. We watched it up at the Henry Morris Bar. The Rabbitohs home away from home, the place to play where the Bunnies are away. And it just curled in late and brought the house down. Yeah, and he laughed. I think it could have been a miss hit. And he still he still went over the post. You know you're going well if you don't quite hit one properly, but it, it bends out and comes back in. He's he's something special, this Adam Reynolds. I mean, anyway, we won't go there in the contract situation. If he stays or he goes, I'm happy for the kid. As long as he's happy, we'll be happy. And if you notice at the end of the game when we did get that penalty goal at the end to ice it to go out to 13+, plus, I thought we'd go out 13+. plus. I don't think there was a few people cheering on that one, 13+, plus down there in the nation's capital. Yeah. You could see... Uh, Benji Marshall sort of mm. dropped the ball and all that sort of stuff, and he got the penalty. He kept pointing to his head, and right behind him was Cody going. Yeah, I think he was... Uh, we've outsmarted you today, boys. Use your brain. No, I think he was referring to Jordan Rapana. They were having a bit of a ding-dong battle, and he was... Because I think he outsmarted, like you said, Jordan Rapana with that drop ball. Uh, he released it. <laughs> and One of these probably his old teammates in the Kiwi side, Jordan Rapana, but... Anyway, seven in a row, boys, and uh, without the likes of our man Latrell Mitchell, you know, we've got to say probably not one of our best performances. Junior Tolot's got to come back. Um, Josh Mansour, he'll be in our starting lineup if he's available. Josh, he's, he's a strong um, season campaigner. Cam Murray missed majority of the match. That's we right. had a bloke in the bin for the final. It was just over seven minutes of the game, Jacob Host. Yep. So when you weigh all that up, there's a lot of positives without... Mm. Yeah, Wayne might be just foxing there trying to I think so. keep the boys on their feet. And um, I don't think they're going to have to get out to get the book of feuds out next week to get up for this game. We're playing a fair dickum side in the Melbourne Storm. So I think we'll be up for it come Thursday night. And you mentioned the source there. Jackson Paulo probably had a half to forget the first half of the game, but second half he, he came good. He was good. He's done some big carries. I know um, Cody Walker handed off to him a few times because Cody... They were bashing Cody a lot of times when he was coming back. Mm. But um, I, I thought he recovered well and, and finished the game pretty strong. You've got to remember, he's a kid. He's a rookie. He's 21. He hasn't he's, been playing first grade for a year yet. That's right. He's just learning his trade. And He went in a bit hard on that ball that went along the ground in the first half. Yeah, well, he I tried mean, to learn from that. Instead of trying to just ground it, he tried to catch it in yeah. his arms. And it was bobbling around. The best way to do it was just ground it. And what is it, Mavo, with wingers against the Raiders? With grubber kicks going along <laughs> the ground. Yeah, I don't Can know. Can you tell us? Was that know. the ghost of Peter Jackson out there? It might have been, yes. It uh, might be the lime green. It just might put us off or something. But, yeah, it doesn't sit well with us wingers. But, uh, anyway, well, let's he, move on. He'll be like you, mate. He recovered well. You recovered well. Oh, he's got a lot of footy ahead of him, Jackson Polo. Plenty more meat pies in that young player's football career to come. Indeed. And, chaps, you've got a story about your mate Harry O'Grady that was down in the nation's capital. Yeah, he um he went down with the family, the missus and a couple of kids. And got out of the Capital Brewery pretty early. It's a pretty good brewery down there, one of the best in Australia. And he's got on the got on the turps a little early. But um got on the drink a little bit early and he went to the game and he's called the missus to pick him up because they didn't go to the game. Gonna be a bit late for the kids. And um she's gone to pick him up in the pajamas. And anyway, he's forgot he's rang his missus and caught the bus back to the hotel. <laughs> so she couldn't find him and whatnot and then Took her that long to, to work it all out. Anyway, she got back to the hotel, and they're staying in the same hotel as the Rabbitohs. Next minute, it's all the, all the Pacific Islander boys. Sua, Paddy Mago, Keon, they're all catching the lift up with us. So she ended up getting a selfie with them anyway. In the pajamas. In the pajamas, yeah. <laughs> Danny O'Grady, so yeah. Jeez. Shout she, out to she, you, Danny. Yeah, she's got a story to tell there. Bit of a 
Bit of a classic moment. We might have to try and dig that image up and share to our listeners. That sounds well, <laughs> like it'd be a good one. <laughs> well, that might have just saved him from being in the doghouse. That little mm. photo yeah, in the lift. Every cloud is a silver lining, as yeah. they say. <laughs> Okay, let's go to our first break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. We'll always keep singing Glory, glory to South Sydney Glory, glory to South Sydney Glory, glory to South Sydney Okay, Rabbitohs Radio listeners, we've got a former Rabbitoh, he's a life member of two foundation clubs, Daryl Neville, welcome to Rabbitohs Radio, mate. Thanks, chaps, thank you. Now, where are you from and what was it like growing up there? Uh, I'm a Botany boy, born in Botany, one of seven seven siblings. Great place, in my, in my childhood, it was a great place to, pl- uh, to grow up, it was um, very industrial, very working class, plenty of stuff to do outdoors and yeah. Had a great time as a kid here. You grew up in Bay Street, just up the road from where Brownie's living now. Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, just a block up. But I was born on Botany Road. Oh, yeah. And in them days, it sort of rented. So we moved around a fair bit, but it was always around Botany. You spent and, plenty of time in my backyard, Borley Park. Yeah, mate, yeah. All my childhood there, yeah. <laughs> That's where you develop those silky skills. <laughs> so your wife, Janelle, is an absolute legend. She's a golfer. Yep. Yeah, and there's plenty of them, Botany. Yeah. yeah, she's a cousin of Noel, if anybody remembers Noel Goldthorpe, who played a fair bit of first grade with uh, St George West and a bit of Super League, yeah. He's I a think he played for New well. South Wales as well. Yeah, in the inaugural or maybe one-off Super yeah, League. Super League, yeah. Super yeah. League one, yeah. 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 yeah, we played for the, the Botany back in the day, me and Goldie, yeah, he's a great player. And you got three daughters? Yeah, got uh, three. They're all grown up now, Sarah, Jessica and Kate. Yeah, yeah and... One of them goes out with a great Dusty Curley, my mate. Yeah, my eldest one, yeah. They've yeah. got uh, two great kids, yeah. Kawa, who's just started his football career, and little Indy. You're a real family man, Dirty, aren't you? You love your grandkids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, I can't wait to get some myself, so hopefully one day I'll get, I'm lucky enough, but yeah. Don't want to be that. Shout out to Demi and Jasmine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, get, L- get out right down the camera, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but, so we're both from Botany, and... Um, we, uh, we're close to the botany battler, Henry Morris. Yeah, Henry, or Henry, as I've spoken about before, is probably the most influential person in my junior league football around botany. You know, like he, um, he sort of took me under his wing, took me to whatever junior league football ground he went to every Sunday. And, yeah, Henry was uh, very influential for me. I think you said he was like a second father to you back in the day. Well, he was, because uh, my, my dad, if he wasn't working, he was sort of, involved with grounds and stuff and his weekends were sort of pretty busy and Henry always either picked me up took me to football you know like training everything yeah he gave everyone his time didn't he well I wasn't the only one if he had a car he had six or seven kids on on any given Sunday so Mm. and this is decades and decades ago a lifetime ago and he's still like that now with the men of league and whoever asked him for anything he's the first guy there to help yeah yeah, that's just the bloke he is, yeah. Well, you helped get this uh, podcast off the ground, boys, didn't you? Yeah, it certainly yeah. did, yeah. And your late brother, Steve, played lower grades at South? Yeah, yeah, Steve, um, probably out of the three brothers, he's the three of us, he was probably the most talented footballer. And, um, 
just in that era, he had he had a chronic knee injury, and it just become bone on bone, and in the end, he couldn't just couldn't play anymore. So yeah, and your younger brother Paulie, he was a fair player back in the day. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Paul was um, like I said, he got the defensive part of the of the Neville gene, which uh, Stephen <laughs> I didn't possess. <laughs> he credits himself. For your career, mate, he said he used to have to kick the ball back to you on your yeah. goal kicking and yeah, well, practising your kicking down there at the park. He didn't play much with the footy. He'd done a fair bit of tackling. <laughs> so in other words, you had done your tackling as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like you said, we're both Botany boys and we had some great times growing up in the area, playing for the Botany Rams and then some big nights at the Pier Hotel. Yeah, well, that was a given. That was um, a sort of inauguration. It was about 15 years old. It wasn't like 18 today. It was like 15, the Pier Hotel after... Uh, Thursday night training session and a Sunday game. And there was a bit of a rumour there that you are a good ping pong player down there? I was, I was pretty handy until um, the late Artie Bootson come down and run the pub for a while and he took the top mantle off me ah, at yeah. ping pong and uh, pool. Yeah. Well, he was a great <laughs> great squash player, Artie, too, wasn't he? Yeah, well, he was just good with anything with a, like hand-eye. Artie was great. Yeah, he's an absolute genius. So, so how did you end up at the Rabbitohs? I played all my junior league with Botany, then we folded E grade and D grade. I went up to mascot. And to be fair, it was sort of a better system. There's sort of, yeah, the better teams. And I just got into the, the Jersey fleet through that and then into Cup. And then I trialed. I had to go to an open day trial on early 84 and just got through that the trial sort of situation there and got graded. Well, just talking about that trial system yesterday at the, uh, the Rabbitohs and um, on a lot of times in, in the off season, you'd have about ninety players training uh, at Centennial Park, and all them players that have to trial, but they'd make your trial all through the off season. And, yep. Uh, you know, if you were fortunate enough to to make it, well, then you go on and play. Yeah, yeah. If you weren't contracted, you just had to go through that system. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So obviously, playing in the lower grades, mate, it's a little bit different to these days. Did you get to play with any sort of veteran legends coming through to? Do you want to guide you? Well, I did. I had, like, those blokes that were sort of come from the Roosters. A bloke named Terry Murphy was a really good quality back, centre. I learned a bit from him, Marty Kerr, uh, Michael Pobgey. Mick, and yeah. And then in 86, I came into grade and got to play with you. And we had a gun side in the under-23s and ended up winning the grand final. Yeah. yeah it was a pretty stacked side from, from memory. Like, yeah, we... um. Might have had about 10 first graders in that. Yeah, because I think what happened, because we've we spoken to MG about this and through the season, a lot of you guys were playing first grade, but then the first grade didn't make the semifinals, so you were able to drop them all back. Ross Harrington, yeah. uh, Wayne Chisholm and all of that. And Yeah. Yeah, and we, we, we beat Ian Roberts, I think, too. Ian right? Roberts. Ian Roberts is a great player. Yeah, and, and you, you threw a little... Did you throw a short ball to Al Nelson, our teammate, I to the first try on grand final day yeah, with the painted ever. in goal... It was all red with Winfield Cup written on it. Is yep. my memory correct? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Put put our label. Yeah, so, so Nuts got uh, all, little pass, all that. little pass right to left, just off his hip, under the post. All the red paint on his, on the front of his jumper. Yeah, and then the he brushed me in the celebrations. <laughs> 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 what about a hero, Dirty? Did you have a hero growing up? I did. Well, at, at South, it was because my older brother Steve was mad Johnny Sattler, yeah, fan. Yeah, like mm. so we grew up. Steve was nicknamed Sats. Then when I come along, I was little Sats. Yeah. And I think then Paul come along, he was Sats Junior, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> so Johnny Sattler was number one, but yeah. all-time favourite player was uh, Steve Rogers. 
What a great it's player. A nice player, yeah. you know. Like, yeah. very, very silky, Steve Rogers. Yeah, a bit you, like yourself, yeah, Dirty. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Mate, you well, work your way through the grades and, and you, you end up debuting against the Canterbury Bulldogs in 18 4 loss, mate, with teammates like Ziggy Niscott and Ross Harrington. And obviously the Bulldogs had some absolute guns, mate. Steve yeah. Mortimer, Terry Lamb in the halves, and Gus Gould and Jeff Robinson, Peter Tunks, the likes, mate. What do you remember yeah. about that day? Michael Potter. Remember Andrew Farrell giving me a touch up? <laughs> Did he? Michael Potter was had a great year that year. I don't know, don't know if that was his debut year or. No, he's a great player. They, they were just a, an awesome team. I think they won the comp eighty four. Yeah, Canary, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So fair side to come up against first. Warren Ryan would have been the coach back then. Yeah, what was as a coach? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they had that mad Jeff Robinson he used to come from the back fence and yeah, yeah wild man. Yeah, wild man. Jeff Robinson, hair on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah Our yeah. workmate Cement, he would have been playing as well. Um. Was he might have been at West then. Did he yeah. start at West? Nah. Cement? Yeah. No, he finished at West. I'm not finished sure he was West in that side, yeah. but you didn't need to check your facts there, Brownie. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, a couple of weeks later, you scored your first meat pie. You remember that? Yeah, I do now, yeah. North Sydney at North Sydney Oval. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just on the end of um, some quick hands, I think, down the short side. And, yeah. Yeah, and you beat them 14-6 that day. Yeah, the old North Sydney Oval. Fond memories of that old ground at... Traditional place. Yeah, it was rock hard, North Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. one of the only grounds where you had to walk onto the field, you had to walk upstairs. Yeah, up that, that old little chute. The little, yeah. yeah, the dressing rooms were under the grandstand, and yeah, they, they haven't changed. No, definitely. Yeah. So, mate, you were always such a skillful player, and you're remembered for that famous catch around the back when you're wearing the number 18 in the the old Minty's jumper, miraculously caught it around the back, and then passed it off to Neil Baker, who put Tugger in to score. What are your memories of that? Memories of that is I know I got the I got the ball off. Sorry, it was um, Davy Boyle, and when you just got your momentum going forward, you can't do much about anything. And he passed the ball and it went to the back of me. I just threw my hand out, and for some reason, just come back around the other side and yeah, just <laughs> yeah. tipped it on or tipped it inside the bakes and yeah, Tugger scored. That was at the SCG, wasn't it? That was a playoff on a Tuesday Tuesday night. I think we won. A game on the Sunday to to finish equal fifth with Canberra, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And I actually shared that on my YouTube channel. It's had about sixteen hundred hits, and <laughs> hopefully gets a few more now. So if you want to see a bit of dirty Neville magic, dirty deeds, I called it. Yeah, did you? <laughs> <laughs> and look, it'll, it'll, it's on the episode webpage now. If you want to scroll down and have a look. But speaking of the SCG, uh, nineteen eighty four semi final, I think it was against Manly. Uh, I was with a couple of your teammates yesterday at a, at a spa function, and he told me a story, a Pinocchio story. Tell us a little bit about Pinocchio. Well, Pinocchio goes to... I used to work with a fella called Alan Whitehouse, and his nickname was Tiny. He was 27 stone. He was a massive human being. Yeah. And when I sort of come into first grade that year, he used to dream me up during yeah. the week at work, you know. So anyway, this day he says, oh, who are you playing on Saturday? I said, well, we play Manly. Who you playing against? I said, if I play, I was on the bench. Yeah. It'd be Noel Cleal and Chris Close. He said, oh, I know Noel Cleal, Crusher Cleal, you know, yeah. like blah, blah, blah. I said, no, you don't. <laughs> Long story short, he gets on the phone, makes up a conversation he's having with um, Noel Cleal, and I'm 19, 20, you know, like I'm going, yeah, drink up. <laughs> and he gets on the phone, he goes, is that Noel Crusher Cleal? <laughs> This is Daryl Pinocchio Neville. I'm coming to get you on Saturday or something yeah. like that, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. So, long story short, I'm on the bench. Michael Podgy started, gets injured, and I come on. It's the first scrum of the game. 
and we're down 14 nil and all I hear is Dean Ramblin walking back calling out Henry because Henry was a, yeah. a stink. <laughs> a cattle dog. <laughs> we had to wait 20 minutes for a, for a scrum. Yeah. And I've come on and them days used to line up, not yeah, used to line up nearly face to face in the back line. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah so man, oh man. Yeah. I've gone out and I've gone down. I've looked up and there's Noel Cleel and he's gone, G'day Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. <laughs> yeah. Did you well, him? <laughs> No. no. <laughs> All I saw him was coming up, Elo throwing punches, and I just went around the dummy, where's Wally bit, went around the back. And... Well, well, Elo was the man who told me to uh, to ask the story. Yeah. So you can thank Elo for uh, Pinocchio, you mate. You wouldn't <laughs> want to take one. Crush, it'd be like trying to wrestle a big grizzly bear or no. something. And Chris Close. Oh. And, yeah, yeah. Chubby, yeah. Big square man now. Jeez, I would have loved that Henry call in my day. <laughs> you know, you're speaking of some legends there of the game, but um, obviously the biggest legend of our club, and he's not going too well at the moment. George Piggins, mate, you're coached by him. Yeah. Tell us a bit. Tell us your thoughts on George, mate. Well, I think, like I said, a lot, a, just about everything's been said about George. But you know, if if he didn't fight the fight, and yeah, he'd done everything for the club for nothing. You know, like I, I remember him saying one thing when we went through the, you know, the march and the court case and that, and I think they said at the time that yeah, South are more than welcome to play in a reserve grade comp and I remember he said I'll, he said, I'll, I'll put the uh, jumper in a glass cabinet before I play in reserve grade you know so mm. it was just if you didn't fight the fight we're not here yeah yeah, and that's yeah. what sides like Newtown and West have been resigned to now isn't it to play yeah. in those yeah. those feeder comps it's a little bit of hu- uh, humiliation for those fans and you really do feel for those foundation clubs but so yes if it wasn't for George the, the Rabbitohs may not be here may, would not be here and we wouldn't be doing this podcast so mm. exactly mm, yep. definitely we just mentioned a couple of your teammates just before, but who are some of your favourite teammates that you played with uh, coming through the the days of the Mighty Rabbitohs? Well, I'd, I'd have to say Mark Ellison, Rossi Harrington, uh, Mickey Andrews. I don't want to forget him because they're the blokes I come through the yeah. the cup and that with. You know, Joey Thomas is another one. He was a he's probably the hardest hooker I I seen that they could hit front on and tackle. Yeah. Yeah, one on one. Sorry, Nova. There was always a couple of other young, uh, players that you you had a little group with. Ray Burns, yeah, uh, Ray Weeks Burns, Juddy, yeah. yeah, our mate Al Nelson, and yeah, yeah. They were um, they called themselves the Four Amigos. So I was like <laughs> the fifth one. I was a hanger on. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, but I had some many a, a good time with them. Yeah, Ray Burn, yeah. probably the best halfback never to play first grade. 100 percent. Yeah, you ask anybody that's played with him, he makes you a better player. Mm. And he just had great hands. Good vision. Yep. And, uh, and we're, lucky enough, we're lucky enough to have played Oztag with him in the later years. We we won the 40 state cup and and blokes like Ray and then, well, we had, you know, Baz Channel and we had uh, Rocket Rod Silver and... and Jeff the great, Hardy. And Jeff yeah, Hardy, the great Mudge yeah. and all that. But Ray, he just uh, those skills have never left him, have they? No, nah, no. Nah. The body has, but the... <laughs> His body's <laughs> let him down. <laughs> Tell me about it. But and apparently Roscoe reckons he used to do all your tackling. <laughs> well, he used to, yeah, he saved me plenty of times. Like, I mean, I'd, in them days, if you got beat on the outside, it was just about, yeah, like two on one try, you know. So a lot of times I was, as I was getting beat on the outside, you just feel Roscoe coming outside in and some of the hits he used to do were just massive. I know times have changed, but uh, in terms of mateship, we used to train and then obviously the Leagues Club was across the road from Redfern Oval. We'd all go over, have, have a food, have dinner, a couple of beers after training. Yep. I know the boys train there now, but there's no loose clubs that do that there, is there? No, there's just different ways of 
probably um, socialising now. Like, there's, yeah. you got phones, you got the stuff we didn't have in them days. You had to actually go and just stand opposite somebody and socialise, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, we actually yeah. have got a loose club now. It's called the Juniors Kingsford, and we've also got the Juniors <laughs> Malabar and the Juniors Maribra. Well, we have. <laughs> Juniors group of clubs. A proud sponsor of Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. But yeah, look, that we have got a close relationship. We, sorry. I thought I was sitting next to Alan Jones. <laughs> we have got a, a close relationship now. And you know, we call it now the Rabbitohs home away from home. The place to play while the bunnies are away. There's another plug there. Thank you, Keith McCraw and the board of the Juniors. But yeah, so we can go there. And it's at least now we have got a space that is a Rabbitohs home. Yeah, so mate, you are a life member of the Rabbitohs. Tell us about that. Well, that was hard. I didn't know about that. Michael Andrews uh, nominated me. And um, it, was, it was a surprise. It was a, it was a really great day. I, I got mine on the same day as Ray Martin did. So that was another little bit of trivia. I was really happy about that. Yeah, yeah the great he got Ray more Martin. attention than I did, which was understandable, but <laughs> yeah. it was still good, yeah. I think we've got the, the photo of that we'll share as well. So, yeah, that's a great, that's a great image yeah. of you and the great man. He loves the bunnies too. Yeah, right? he's a so, champion bloke. Yeah. They do the ceremony down at Redfern Town Hall. Was that where it was or...? Where'd they do it? No, I think it might have been the Indigenous Centre at um, Redfern. Red oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, very good. Yeah. And now, and you're also a life member of the Newtown Club. Yeah, I got that um, not long after, so that was pretty humbling too, so. And you've spent a lifetime as a, a player and a coach and at the Bunnies in Newtown, so what is it about this game of rugby league that you love? I don't know. I just loved it as a kid. I grew up with it and... It's sort of just, it's hard to get out of your system. So when I when I finished, it was, uh, well, it was Henry again that encouraged me to go into coaching, which I'd done in 97 with the Jersey flag. And that just sort of transgressed from from that to Mark Ellison getting me back into doing a training role. And then following on from that, going to Newtown and doing the same two roles, yeah. Because you worked at the Rabbitohs for quite a while as a like, different coloured shirts, blue shirt and... With uh, our mate Dave McAlini? Yeah, Macca, yeah. Yeah, my roommate Macca, yeah. Yeah. yeah we had some um, stupid times on. <laughs> <laughs> Playing up a little bit. Now, Newtown, obviously, before we brush over Newtown, mate, who are some of the people that you work with at Newtown, whether they be players, officials, coaches? Well, the main, the main one was Colin Murphy. Who yeah. I think if anybody knows Newtown, they know Colin Murphy, and he was instrument, instrumental in me going there and falling in love with the Newtown like I did with South. Mm. And he actually came to see us. Murphy's he's mad as a cut snake, really, well, wasn't he? But a tremendous guy. Well, that's where I met him, yeah. Uh, Newtown, unfortunately, folded like they wanted to do to South. And unfortunately, they did fold. So about six or seven of them come over. Come over, yep. And there were some handy players there, too, like Michael Speechley and mm. Paul, uh, Paul Moosakery. There were some really good hardheads, you know. Like I had a beer with Murph on, uh, had a beer with Murph on Friday. And he hasn't changed one bit. Nah. No, Still no, as mad as a cut snake. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been involved at all levels. So you coached the girls in the Oztag. They were a champion side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, Jeff Hardy had them for a few years. I think Gary Ruggles had them prior to that. And they are always a good team. They are always sort of bridesmaids to Cronulla. Cronulla had a great team. And, yeah. and when I took them on, I was just fortunate that they were at that stage where they yeah, like matured enough where they, they actually beat Cronulla, you know. So I was... Yeah. A massive year they had the girls. They won everything in one year there. So, yeah. And your grandson plays for the Southeastern Seagulls and you're involved with helping that team out? Well, I do uh, during the week if I can, yeah. Mm. yeah. But sort yeah. of do the pop roll now to sort of stand back and cheer. Yeah, but you never miss a game, do you? No, no, I'm going, after this I'm going to two of them. So. Yeah. What do you like doing in your spare time, Dirty? 
I like a bit of playing a bit of golf. I'm not real good at it, but yeah, a bit of golf, a bit of tag when the body allows me to. And and we had a good day the other day in the Junior Bunnies Golf Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're always yeah. good days. Didn't go too well, but it was a good day. <laughs> yeah, all in all, your son-in-law won the day. Yeah, they won. They had a Damo. Oh yeah, Damo Alatavio. They had yeah. a pretty handy golfer in a group called Zach Mullins. So. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Damo in that group. Uh, I didn't realise. Yeah. yeah, and so I'll run Troy it. Rin. Yeah, yeah Rito. Troy Rito. But, yeah. but I played with Zach in the last yeah, Wofie Day, and and uh, when we won, yeah, we played together, and we won it, and we never got we got in trouble off riggers because it wasn't handicapped. But anyway, stuff your riggers. <laughs> we won because we had Zach, and you didn't, mate. So I was just going to say there, the last time we played in St Mick's, I was in the group ahead of you and you were playing with Gerald Simons and all our mates. It sunk a 30-metre yeah. putt yeah. and I got it on film for Mavo's Golf Blog. So I'll share that footage on the episode <laughs> webpage as well. And then they all tackled you and, and Jez was dry humping yeah, you. Yeah, he was doing his best, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can putt on your day if you've if you got your eye in. Yeah, well, that was 18 holes of doing nothing and I made one putt. Yeah. yeah. So. While the camera was on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we worked together dirty and... Um, who do you like the best beside me out of these two? As you, <laughs> oh, you got that heat. one in early. <laughs> it's a dead heat, probably chaps, because it's a bit higher up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, well yeah. we don't get to see you much anyway. We do a fair few night shifts, but yeah, yeah dirty don't have, seem to. You, uh, them. you, you don't night, like the night shifts are for everyone, boys. Nah. Yeah. Yeah, we've got yeah. a great camaraderie out there. Your brother Paul works out there, and we've got some a lot of mates. Les Davidson and you know, a lot of old footballers, like we said before, Nuts Nelson and yeah, yeah, it's, and Greg Evans who played with us at Seas. Yeah. Evo's a legend, yeah, yeah. mascot yeah. legend, and all, all of the people here in general offer a pretty big workplace. Is majority of really good people. It's like going to school, isn't it, boys? Yeah. Like yeah, but it's, it's not so much the job. It's a pretty boring job. It's like an outdoor cardboard box factory. But you go in there and just having lunch with your mates having a laugh you're gigging each other all day non-stop and yeah it, it is a great vibe out there it's yeah. good through footy season there's a lot of footy talk there oh, what? a lot of rivalry between the Rabbitohs and the Roosters oh, plenty of them, when there's yeah. toolboxes people some of the great sixes mentioned the football games yeah, which has got do. nothing yeah. to do with the job but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway Daryl Neville one of the nice guys of rugby league thank you for giving us your time Thanks, yet again Thanks for joining us on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast good on you Dirty Legend Thanks, mate dirty. Thanks chaps This is Rabbitohs News Brought to you by the Juniors Gripper Clubs. Now, I went up to Pinocchio's on Thursday night before the game with my wife Sam, daughter Jasmine, and her boyfriend Tony. And we were looked after up there by the lovely Denise. And it's a great feed up there. Yeah, the voucher too, didn't you? I had a voucher that I won at the Mena League, so we just ordered up. I had the veal cordon bleu, and we got stuck into the cocktails. And the next day, I was pretty crook, because you can't mix them. At first, I started with the uh, espresso martini. Then got into the um, uh, margarita, and then I had the the yeah. Frankie, the Frankie, which is all Kahlua and cream. Yeah. And then I was having like pints of Stella. Four different beers you had. Yeah, four different beers. I love a Frankie. Yeah, yeah. they're not a bad cocktail, are they? Yeah, they're good. They are really. They're like it's like a dessert one. But I was just yeah, I just kept ordering up, and then so I'm, yeah, you didn't sound well the next day. Nah, I was, it took me a while to recover it, and that the next day I had to play golf and. I was sort of turning green in the first few holes, but came good. <laughs> you're, you're a bit uh, Darren Black. You're a bit dusty. <laughs> I was a bit dusty. <laughs> Shout out to you, uh, Dusty. Yeah, he listens I, to the show. And I met a guy, a mate of ours, Corey Markham, who we work with. His group, I met at the golf, and he introduced me. He said, this is my mate, Dusty. I said, well, I'm a bit dusty myself today. <laughs> and, you, um, you should have just had a couple of young Henrys, mate. Yeah, I should have. Give the cocktails a wide berth. Yeah, true. Next time, I won't get so excited. And I'll also quickly mention that at the Henry Morris Bar, I was talking to my mate Darren Lindsay, and, his, and he was there with his mate Pock, Paul O'Connor, 
and he was wearing the Rabbitohs RAAF blue jersey that we talked about last week on the show. And I just spoke to him and I said, mate, I was in the Rabbitohs store the other day and they were all sold out, those. Where'd you get it? And he goes, yeah, I went to shop.rabbitohs.com.au. And as it turns out, Paul O'Connor's grandfather, Alf, and his brother, Frank, are South Legends. And they played in the 20s in that golden era. And they actually both scored in the 1925 grand final. Alf O'Connor and Frank O'Connor. That wasn't done again for another 80-odd years until the Stewart brothers scored in a grand final in 2011. Wow. So, wow. 82 years. Yeah, that so, record was yep. stood for. That, so we're gonna, that is a legendary family, mate. It is. So we're going to feature those O'Connor South legends on our next Remembering a Rabbitoh. And I've got Pock's number. Thanks for that, mate. And he's got some memorabilia that's apparently a bit like a South Museum. So that's going to be an interesting one for you to look forward to. And then I seen him at the golf the next day, Pock. So shout out to you, legend. Your old Rabbitohs royalty, the O'Connor family. How good is our marketing team to come up with that idea? It replicas the New South Wales jumper. Mm. But we had our own logo on there and... Like you said, Mavo, they're all sold out, so the marketing team have done a wonderful job. The new Indigenous jersey looks fantastic too. It I does. had um, Alex Johnson modelling it the other day on social media, and I'll definitely be getting one of those. 100%. And speaking of merchandise being sold out, I actually popped into the Rabbitoh store and met young Piper, who's just started in there at the Heffron Tennis Centre. And she said she's new to the club and didn't realise how popular South were until she started working in the store. So that's not a very big store there. They're actually moving to the juniors soon. I can't tell you exactly when. They'll have more space up there. But, yeah, if you can't get something in the store, you can go and have a look at some stuff and then go online and order it. Or you can put in an order if it's not available. Okay. It's time for Spotlight on the Pathways, brought to you by What If? It's Aussie for travel. Yes, and the La Perouse women's team have been created, and it's a bit of a historic creation because there's never been one before. And we've been speaking to our workmate, Jade Ferguson, and she's going to be coaching with Carly Phillips. And we've agreed to help them out to try and get established. That's right, Maver. We're going to try and promote them as much as we can. It's a fantastic thing to have a women's team out there in the South Juniors competition. A seniors team, like you said, the very first one ever for the historic club, the La Perouse Panthers boys. I believe there's some great players coming through as well, chaps. There is. There's some fantastic young players coming through. There's a... Young girl by the name of Tiana Duckett. Now she's a, a sort of running five eight, play half back, full back. She's been coming through the grades for a long time. I first spotted her at Kenzo Oval about well five or six years ago, playing with the boys as they did back then. Some of the girls they couldn't get the all girls teams back in those days, and she was the best player on the field by country mile. She's got the show and go like Thurston. She can uh, burn you on the outside, step you at full pace. I was speaking to the legendary Barry Channel, played for Australian Oz Tag and Touch Football many Baz, years. Baz Champion. Baz, yep. He was saying his niece has played Oz Tag with her for a long time, and they've won the last three Australian Championships. And them two are just completely dominant. Yeah, if she's got any of the talent that Baz had with the football, then she'll go a long way. Yeah, and anyway, they're playing their first game. Now, by the time this comes out, it might be over, but we'll... We'll try. We'll kick it off anyway. They're playing at Snape Oval, 1 p.m. Um, on Sunday. So good luck to those girls. And now they're looking for sponsors at the moment. Boys are having sort of only just kicked off really late. They're throwing this group of girls together, and it sounds like a, a great, great group of, of girls. 
They're looking for just some sponsors who can help out with things like strapping tape. They need a new esky. They need just sort of ice bags and stuff like that, first aid type of stuff. All the basic yeah, necessities. Yeah, supply them mm. with some, some drinks and stuff like that. And they said lollies, but they're not necessarily the lollies. But anyway. What about oranges <laughs> at half time? Oranges at half time, yeah. Well, just, just anything, just so they haven't got a sponsor. They're only just kicking off, and I reckon uh, a business would like to get behind them. No mm. doubt about that. Magic sponge? Yeah, the magic sponge, yeah. Back in the day, we all used to suck on the magic sponge. But Some liniment too, Brownie. We, we got the smell of that a couple of weeks ago. How good was that? Yeah, how good was that walking down the uh, tunnel and you smell all the liniment. But just back to the Women's Rugby League, hasn't it grown over the last couple of years? I mean, just in, in terms of uh, the commentators, we've got so many women commentators. Ruan Sims, who's a great commentator and gives a... A great insight. So the game has grown and it's only going to get better as the years go by and I quite enjoy watching it. And the great thing is this team's going to be a feeder team for our South Sydney women's team. Oh, good. Joe O'Callaghan's going to sort of, whoever doesn't make that squad's going to feed them back and they're going to get a run with this side each week. So. Well, they'll watch their progress and maybe put some programs in place. Joe's very good at that. Yeah. And what he does with the pathways and hopefully that filters down to the Lower grades in, in the juniors. And speaking of the pathways, let's move on to the boys now. And next Saturday, the 8th of May, there's a monster triple header at Redfern Oval, also known as Ironmark High Performance Centre. And from midday, that'll kick off with the Jersey flag playing the Manly Seagulls. The knock-on effect New South Wales Cup are playing the Blacktown Workers. Who are the feeder team to the Manly first grade? And the girls will be taking on the Central Coast Chooks. So it's going to be a big day out there. There's going to be people on the field doing some interviews. We might even be there helping out with that. And, yeah, there'll be young Henrys on sale and I'm sure there'll be some Garlow's pies. So the team, the first grade, play on the Thursday night. So if you're looking for your Rabbitohs fix on that Saturday. Yeah, so all the boys will be out there. Should be a great afternoon of footy. Some good footy played, some good players. Young David Mowali, get the cast your eyes over him. Joshua Cook. So, yeah, get down there and watch these young kids come through. Well, there's plenty of first graders in that New South Wales Cup side because we have got some depth. So you, it's like you're watching, and there'll be some first graders in the Blacktown team too. So yep. some quality football played. And, yeah, like I said, if you're not doing anything, get down there, support the club, spend a, spend a few dollars. It's $5 for members, $10 for visitors. For sure, mate, for sure. Anyway, let's chuff off to another break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Export Freight Systems. Email ian at efsau.com.au and mention Rabbitohs Radio. He'll take care of you. NG Farrah have forged an enviable reputation for consistently delivering outstanding results. Rabbitohs Radio is proudly brought to you by The Juniors, Remembering a Rabbitoh, brought to you by Export Freight Systems, with thanks to Brad Ryder, is Bruce Longbottom. Bruce Longbottom. Nickname, 2GB. Short for Too Good Bruce. Rabbitoh player number, 764. Born on the 7th of February, 1964. Now, 2GB was La Perouse born and bred, boys. Now, the Longbottom name is a famous surname in our area and steeped in Rabbitohs folklore, with no less than six players representing the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs, dating back to 1938. 
He went to school at La Perouse Public School in primary. And in high school, he went to the legendary Matraville Sports High. Some of the great names of Australian sport, the Yellow Brothers and the likes. Yep, just Matt O'Hire back in the day, but now Matraville Sports High, yep. Yeah, very talented uh, rugby league school coming through the day. Graham Lines, Chunky Lines. Bob Carr went there too. They've linked up with Sydney FC now. That's now a development school for Sydney FC. So it, it is a real great sporting school in this area. Ken Charlie Smith from NG Farrow Real Estate. He went there as well. Great rugby union player, Charlie. Okay, there you go. Now, he played his junior football for the La Perouse Panthers and he went on to play for the Two Blues of Mascot in 76. And the following year, he went over to Kenzo United. and played G-grade and he won the grand final. Now, did any of you blokes play any lower grades with him for the Rabbitohs? No, well, I didn't really know Bruce until he came to first grade, so he's a bit older than me, and, yeah, we're sort of a diff- little bit of a different era. But, yeah. Yeah, similar, maybe. A little bit older than uh, Bruce, but I got to play with him, and what an explosive player he was. Yeah, that upright running style, and it was powerful, wasn't it? Scored many a long-range try with his explosive speed. Yeah, but... One that comes to mind, uh, Mavo's had it on, on YouTube a couple of times, that, that tap and go against the Tigers. Was that a Leichhardt? It was. It was, yeah. He, we got the penalty and he took the tap and just ran straight at the line. It was big Paul Sirenen, charged straight over the top of him and got the ball down. <laughs> so it was like a try in the under eights from L2G. And just rewind it a bit there. I said I didn't know Bruce until he came to see us. And now we're best mates and... We used to travel together to training because we both lived in Botany. But when I first saw Bruce, was that pre-season training at Centennial Park? And this guy turned up. He looked like he was about 25, had a male, was wearing a singlet. I thought, who's this guy? I soon found out who it was. It was Too Good, who led the NRL in try scoring that year. So he was a bit of a late bloomer. Come to see us in a little bit later in life. But yeah, he was a dynamic runner of the football. And we mentioned just earlier that we're going to the Excitement Machines today, the event held by SPA, the South Players Association, and geez, he must have been close to making that list. 100%. Now, he debuted for the Rabbitohs in round two, the 11th of March, 1988, at the Sydney Football Stadium. That would have been the first year at the Sydney Football Stadium too. So he came up against our arch rivals, uh, the Roosters, in a game that, Marvellous Steve Maven scored a try. And also, our workmate, Bundy, Les Davison, he got sent off for 10 minutes. And the co-host of the top four podcasts on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network, Mark Ellison, he kicked four from six, boys, in a 16-14 win over the Evil Empire. The Rhino. You remember much about that game, Maven? Is that the one we're talking about when I scored the late try and we won the game at the footy stadium? I think it could be, yeah. And and what about the two coaches? Pretty tough, this mob. Arthur Bootson, George Pickens. There you go. Oh, two legends. Two of the toughest. Two of the greats. And both extremely nice gentlemen, both of those guys, Georgie and Artie. Rest in peace, Artie. Champion yeah. guy. Yeah, definitely. And just going back on the Roosters, we never used to lose many chaps against the Mighty Empire back in the day. Nah. Nah, we had, we, it was a different era back then. And just on Bruce, he actually was at the Roosters in 83 and it didn't work out. So that's why he ended up at South years later. A little bit of a break in between there. So, you know, things happen and for whatever reason, he, he, he had that break in between the Roosters and South. But, yeah, when he got to South, he exploded onto the scene. 
Oh, he's a powerful, powerful winger, no doubt about it. Now, all up, 2GB played 49 first-grade games for the Rabbitohs, 16 tries, and he also played 39 lower-grade games for the Rabbitohs. And that all happened between 1988 and 92. He went back and played a, a year for Moore Park boys in 96. And knowing Moore Park, he would have gotten earned out of that for sure. Yeah, well, Moore Park were quite a quite a team back in the day. I actually coached them myself in the A grade, won a competition. They were always strong, weren't they? Moore always Park. strong, always well-funded. Yeah, yeah, I remember Ross Harrington playing there. Man- Manoa Thompson was in my team. Strong when we won. as anything, yeah. Yeah, well, I played for the Moore Park side as well in, in an A-grade comp. The Spiro brothers looked after us. Clem and shout out to you, Spiro. Spiro, I always see you around at the golf and at the at the club. And he was there yesterday. He was. And we got beat by the Wombats in a, in a grand final one year. And I think John Restouche was the ref. And we always thought that he roared us. And <laughs> I, I, I lost the, the plot and tried to kick the referee's door in. and it was, a, it was So you're a, a bit like Jack Rayner. Oh, except for the kick in the door, isn't yeah. yeah, the temper come out. And you wouldn't believe it. Hey? I was sitting at he the, doesn't yeah. get angry, does he? <laughs> nah, <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. And I'm glad I never did kick the door in because it would have been the biggest, stupidest thing I would have ever done. Anyway, I'm sitting there at the Men of League function <laughs> and the guy's sitting next to me and we're talking and chatting away and he's mates with the great Pedal's dad who played for Norths and turns out he's, his name's uh, Frank Restouche. It's John's dad. Oh, right. <laughs> so I didn't bring up the, the controversial refereeing day when the Wommies got us at... Oh, look, mate, it's a tough, tough job being a referee in a junior system. And John did it for a number of years. And, and without referees, we don't, have a, we don't have competitions, boys. So That's right, exactly. Just going back to 2GB, he's related to one of our young guns uh, today, isn't he? Well, I was going to talk about the family. So they, Jack Cook, Bruce's dad, recently passed away at 85 years old. And Bruce has got a brother, David, and another brother called Tony, Bolo Cook. Now, David's son, Joshua, is our, we mentioned him before, he's a young gun hooker in the Rabbitohs ranks. Now, just a little aside to that, Jackson Paulo was living with the family, with Joshua Cook, and Jackson actually helped out with Jack Cook's funeral arrangements. So, shout out to you, Jackson, for helping that family out. Oh, good on him. Yeah, and, good on him. And, you've, and, and I actually spoke to Bolo Cook, he, he's a member of Ramwick Golf Course, and he was at the Junior Bunnies Golf Day, and he told me that story, and... Bolo is actually the president of La Perouse Football Club, and he's one of the best blokes you'll ever meet. Oh, yeah. well, the whole Cook family and all those brothers are champions. Even, even Dave, um, Dave's dad. Um, yep, I had a couple of good chats with him out there. He's a, he's a linesman out of our work, works in the lines. Yep, up there tying up all the big container ships and all that. Shout out to the to Dave and Bolo and Josh and the family, and obviously Two GB. Yep, and Bolo, he quit drinking, which is something that's. Unbelievable in society today, but he's happy doing that. And good on him. Good on him for doing that. I wouldn't mind doing that myself. No, oh. more, no more hangovers. Oh. I was going to ah. say something to you privately, but now we've got yeah. you on now. I think it's time for you to hang up the... Uh... After Thursday night's effort, I think you should. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, no drinking for you today? No. Well, Mavo, he scored plenty of tries too good. Did he kick any goals? Well... No, I think he was none from two in his career. And one of them I shared on my YouTube channel, Botany 09, and I put world's worst conversion attempt. <laughs> How many views? It's had heaps of views because people were going on there because sometimes on YouTube, if you put a title that sounds catchy, yeah. they thought, oh, world's worst something, you know, and yeah. they went on there and it's too good taking <laughs> this goal kick around the corner and he struck it and it just dribbled along the ground at Belmore Oval. 
and it was quite funny. We'll share Around that. Around the corner, that would have been unusual back in the day, it was especially back in the day. when Too Good played. Yeah, Lo was our goal kicker. You mentioned Lo before; he kicked four yep. from six. Toe well, poker. Yeah, he was a toe poker. And there was probably only a couple that went around the corner. Michael yeah. O'Connor, maybe. Matthew mm. Ridge. It was more unusual if you couldn't do it, either. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Heron, sort of, back yep. a little bit later in the 90s. The great Ian Crossan. He was, he was one oh, of the pioneers. Oh, geez, he won he us could, some games. Oh, he was a good kicker. He could yeah. strike him, couldn't he? Yeah. Didn't make many murders, but yeah, he was a great kicker. Um, yeah, well, 2G, the other thing I remember about him. He was, was tough the, as nails, but huh? he got. Oh, he was, yeah. He got punished a, a couple of times, but he always... He never his responsibilities. That's never. right. Always got up and kicked that goal for us. I think us. he still lives in the shore of this day. He does. Yeah. Played for New Zealand. Pukia. Yep. A fair-haired white I th- Kiwi. I think he played for the, the sort of B All Blacks before he came to us. He was mm. in that second team, so he wasn't far away. There you go. Yeah, but 2GB had the moustache. Back in them days, a few players had the moustache, didn't they? Obviously... Most notably, Gary Belcher and the likes. But no one wears a moustache these days, do they? Besides Cookie. Cookie's got a bit of a... I suppose you call it a goatee. What about, what about Campbell yeah. Gillard? Oh, yeah, he's sort of... He's yeah, got he, the big mo. He does, too. Yeah. He's got the porno mo. Yeah, he's, 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 <laughs> he's is over the top. He, they should give a six again as soon as he gets the ball. Yeah. To the opposition. <laughs> so, shout out to you. Too good, Bruce. One of my best mates. Could play. And he's a fitting... Remembering a rabbiter. Yeah, good on you too, good. You're a legend, mate. Legend. All right, let's chuff off to another break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. NRL News brought to you by NG Farrell Real Estate. Boys, Saturday today, big day for the auctions. Glenn Farrer and the team have got plenty of auctions going up for sale today. So if you're thinking of selling or buying, make sure you call Glenn. He's a good auctioneer, Glenn, isn't he? And did he help you out? Because you're doing the auctions today at the function we're going to. Did he give you some tips? Yeah, well, Glenn's been the pinnacle of the auctioneer system for many, many years. I mean, Damien Cooley. Is the high-profile auctioneer these days, but Glenn still does his fair share. And look, uh, house auctioneering is a little bit different to charity auctions that I'll be doing today. But I learnt my craft from the horse sales, going to the horse sales where it's a little bit quicker. Uh, you talk a little bit quicker, and you get the job done uh, in quick time because there's usually a, a number of items you've got to get through, and you don't want to keep the the crowd waiting. But yeah, Glenn, I. Take a couple of uh, couple of Glenn's phrases out of his spiel and put them into my spiel, and you'll hear it all today, boys. And make sure you don't scratch your nose because you might take the bid. A hundred percent. So, what about that incredible local derby last night when the Titans went out to a twenty-two nil lead? I'd written 30. them off. The Broncos yeah. gone twenty-two nil. Yeah. I texted me mate. I said, yeah. "Where's this nine million dollars in the salary cap of this mob?" <laughs> yeah, they were gone. <laughs> but then the Broncos clicked into gear, scored six unanswered tries with the help of AJ Brimson going off mm. and won 36-22 was something else wasn't it what's well, a game of momentum isn't it once you start to get momentum it's a bit like the under 20s it's very hard it's very hard to ago. stop yes yeah. and that's what Holbrook said in his press conference thinks it, it reminds him of when he was coaching you know in the lower grades I'll tell you had a mixed game boys that Jermaine Asaka he was sort of getting blamed for everything in that first um, positionally I think he wasn't there for a couple of kick 
kick tries and stuff like that. And by the end of the game, he he was just all over him like a rash, mm-hmm. setting up tries, scoring tries. He's so explosive, this guy. Yeah. yeah, he can play. And there was one try there that he took the kick, stepped the and made a break. It was a forward pass. They didn't mention it in the Fox call, but it was dead set forward. The line was right there. It was, I don't know what the touch he was looking at, but apart from that, yeah, it was the biggest comeback in Broncos history. It was yeah. some game of footy. I only seen parts of it, and like you just said, uh, the Titans scored four tries in the first 13 minutes to, to go out to that lead, but I thought Tyson Gamble was quite uh, instrumental in everything they did. A young, young halfback who's getting an opportunity there at the Broncos. He come down to the West Tigers for a little bit. Mm. I think he played one game for the Broncos last year. But they're chopping and changing their halves, mm. trying to look for a, a good combination. I think they might have found it. Well, they kept saying that he was always smiling. He's happy to be out there. And you know, he's got the plum job of the halfback of the Brisbane Broncos. So no wonder he's smiling. But I wonder if he'd get a job at the tab when he finishes his career. Tyson Gamble, it's a fair name. <laughs> <laughs> Always gamble responsibly, Mava. Yes, indeed. So let's talk about the new rule changes that are affecting the speed of the game and player welfare. So we've all seen it now. Like in that game last night, they kicked the ball out to save some time, but instead of that being a scrum and a 30-second break and soaking up some clock, it was just a tap restart. So it has sped the game up and, you know, players yeah, maybe... Yeah, but are, get... are, the real, are the rule changes affecting, um, you know, the game and, and the injuries? Are, are they... You know, are they contributing to the injuries? I'm not sure. You, you can't say that. Well, there's going for a pretty heavy injury rate this year. And, I mean, we are a bit of a reactive society and, and obviously NRL is no different. But, I mean, you, you go back 12 months ago, it wasn't any different, was it? Mm. I like it. Well, we'll share the story. There was a story written on the ABC website and there's a number of stats that do say there's been changes. I'm not going to rattle them all off now because yeah. it's a bit technical, but... The game has changed as a result of it, and we just have to review and see if it's gone too far or not. Mm. I mean, you know, maybe it just might mean that players have got to be fitter, which is a good thing. And well, it, bring, the, it brings a little bloke into play when the big blokes get tired. You know, that's what I like about it. And the reduction of the interchange over the past decade is sort of contributed to it too, which no one wants to talk about, but... Um, obviously, back in your day when there wasn't as many interchanges, I don't think the speed of the game was like it is now. Mm. You know what I mean? They're, they're not coming out in 110 kilo blokes banging into each other for almost 80 minutes constantly. Well, you're, not get, lot... you're not getting that fresh 115 kilo bloke coming off the bench mm. at about the 25 minute mark, and the little blokes in the middle are getting hammered. Well, to be fair, to to back in the day, there wasn't as many Polynesian players as well, and, and it wasn't as physical. I don't think. I mean, it was tougher, yeah. but. The, the way the bigger frame the way yeah. yeah that's right exactly the way the players are in terms of their physicality and how fit they are and strong and their speed I think it's um, you know that might have a contribution towards the injuries and the bottom line is we've won seven in a row so it's we seem to be liking it okay we so love it. let's not rush to make any changes the way it sits and but we don't have any long term injuries either so correct that's so good you know, for the mighty rabbitos so but it may be widening that gap between the top sides and the sides that can't compete under these situations. So, anyway, stuff them. Let's move on to the preview of the Storm Clash Chaps coming up this Thursday at Stadium Australia. Indeed, boys. Now, the Storm come off an impressive, come from behind, win again last night. At half time. I think it was at 67% possession, but they didn't do a lot with it. You know, they, they, they dropped the ball. Their completion rate was down. 
And I thought to myself, if they can get an even share here, Melbourne, they'll run on with this, and surely they did. Credit to Melbourne's defence yep. as well. Kept a minute, scrambling defence on the line. Didn't have a lot of ball, didn't have a lot of luck in that first half, but just hung in, hung in. A bit like the Rabbitohs have been doing, and trusting the process and just going through their plays, and they just come right in over the top. So that the way they the way they spread the football, the speed, their forwards are all quite mobile and physical. This is going to be a big clash. I'm not saying we can't beat them, but I, I mean, I reckon we might ju- just pip them if we do get them. And one of your favourite young players, your mates with his dad, Remus Smith, scored a hat trick, Brownie. Yes, I know the feeling. I know the feeling that he was going through after scoring three tries. And what's it like to score a hat trick anyway? Just... Oh, yeah, what's it like, Darren? That's Tell me. Tell quite... me. I scored a few doubles in my day. Yes, so did I. Yeah, but um, the hat trick—it's just—it's uh, different, it's, isn't it's it? It's the icing on the cake, you know. It's, oh. You know, you score two, and then you go in and you score that third, and you, not many people get to do it. No, they don't. No. You know? Not in first grade, no. So only the elite that really gets <laughs> to, to do that. <laughs> now, look, Rumors is a good kid. He's going great guns down there in Melbourne. He's we knew a, he would. A played a while. What about his speed when he exploded through for one of them tries? He just put his foot down. He's an excitement machine himself, uh, Remus. Um, one that got away. I mean, he played with your young bloke, Jaden, there. Through, yeah. Through the mats and, and ball systems and that. And yeah, I've mentioned it before on the show. I coached Remus all through his career. Uh, we had a pretty hot side then. Um, Sifa Talakai was another one who unfortunately got suspended last week. I didn't really teach him how to tackle like that, but... Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Billy Magulis, who's another young kid coming through yeah. the Sharks. So, yeah, we had a pretty hot side, and Remus was quite dominant. He played the junior reps in the South System, the Harold Mats and the SG Ball. And, um, yeah, he's one to watch, and we've got to really be on our toes against him next week. We'll have to get his dad on the show. He's due to come on, former Rabbitoh. He'd yeah. have some great rugby league stories, and he can, we can cast his eye over his stable. He looks after the players now, and we'd have to ask him how... Remus slipped through the cracks at South because now with this pathway system we've got in place, perhaps he wouldn't. But that's a question for the family to answer. Good point, Mavo, yeah. Yeah, no, Tyron will definitely um, take up the invitation to come on the show. He's a good man, Tyron. He's got a good crop of kids under him and in terms of his player management business, and Remus is one of them. And he manages um, Dean Hawkins as well, one of our up-and-coming halfbacks and who debuted this year. Keon Kalamatungi. There you go. So he's got a couple in our stable. We could have a chat to chat to Tyron and um, find out a little bit more about his um, stable. But just going back to Melbourne, boys, uh, we've got to be really on our game. What about when they can just turn from nothing into something? When when the shark when the sharks dropped the ball, the Melbourne player picked it up and just passed it straight onto the fox. And good night. Once he gets into open space, the fox is gone. So. Look, I think we'll be really concentrating on starting well this week. Oh, we have to. In the first round, remember? We we didn't start well. Mm. Uh, we got behind the eight ball. And the second half, once again, we gained momentum and, and put ourselves in a position to win the game. But we just come up a little bit short. And that was our only loss this year. Well, the Storm sit one win behind us in the top four. But they have a better differential of plus 134 to our plus 111. And they, like you said, Brenny, they rolled us in round one, but we're in that game towards the end. And we're a better side at home at Stadium Australia. So it's going to be a huge game, but we have to play well. We have to complete sets. As we always say, holding the ball's important. But with the firepower we have, we can compete with any side. And we just have to get our defence right because, like you said, the foxing 
is electric mm. and big Remus in the centre. So we have to defend well. Yeah, especially that first 20 minutes. I think we've really got to compete with them. We don't have to score against them, but we've just got to get in the arm wrestle, go with them, set for set, try and complete your first 10 out of 10. If we do that, we're going to put ourselves in a position to compete and win the game. Indeed. I'd like to see if I have a half-time lead here and try and just... It's been a while. Play that high percentage footy and just mm. kick to the corners. Try not to limit our mistakes defensively, read-wise. And um, I reckon Adam Reynolds will kick us to victory with a two-point field goal. Mm. What well, about some of the clashes? Damien Cook up against young Harry Grant. Yeah. And, well, Pappenhausen didn't play the other night. Mm. I'm sure he'll be back. Yeah, well, he may well be, but... Benji on Munster. Benji on Munster. Thomas on uh, Big see, Jesse Bromwich. Yeah, yeah. That, Sal- again, Salivate. Thinking about that. We're talking about uh, missed goal kicks with uh, 2GB. You see Munster's performance in goal kicking? No, it wasn't crash right, was it? <laughs> he was missing them from in front. Yeah, there you go. So. I think he only kicked four from eight. Mm. So the score could have been a lot higher. Yeah, look, I think if we can complete well early, uh, get in the arm wrestle with them, we will be too good for the... Melbourne Storm, especially at home on a Thursday night. We'll be out there, boys. I'll be out there 100%. Yeah, I think if yeah. we can get the completion rate up over 85%, uh, we're going to be hard to We have to. We'll be hard to beat. We'll be there at the centre line seats just near the press box. If you're in that area, come and say hello. Have a chat. All right, boys. The top four podcast, they sort of covered some of the celebrities they've met in their careers and, and whatnot. And um, the one that Tick of my fancy was Michael Irvin, the great Michael Irvin, great wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. And also when Marjan Lynch came to train him, mate, the Seattle Seahawks running back, won Super Bowls, and they talked about him missing field, missing goals and stuff like that. But what about you, Bucks? Who did you just come across? Oh, well, look, celebrities, yeah, there's there's a few of them. But speaking of NFL, I'll, I'll, go, I'll rattle one, uh, an NFL player. The Rabbitohs, we went on end-of-season trip over to the States. I think it was around 1989. And we visited the San Francisco 49ers training camp. And obviously there, all the players are there. We got to walk through the locker room and watch them train. And uh, Joe Montana, the great quarterback from the late 80s, early 90s. He's a freak. Unbelievable, wasn't he? Anyway, I had an NFL ball that I took there. Had it signed by Montana himself. Jerry Rice. Jerry too. Rice, yeah, yeah, he was on there. and the goat, yeah, greatest I, of all time, Jerry Rice. I ended up losing that ball. Hilton Thomas kicked it over the, the cliff <laughs> uh, at uh, Coogee. But anyway, um, Mavo, was you there that day? I nah, think you missed well, the bus, I, you? I missed, I missed, Yeah, were you there? Um, I missed the bus and I've never forgiven myself because, you know, the goat, Jay Montana. Well, he, well some people are Tom saying... Tom Brady, I think, has pipped him these he's days. He's pipped him as the goat, but he was... the Joe's for- not far behind him. Former goat, but Jerry is still the goat. And so, yeah, two of the greatest players of all time. I missed it because I was stuffing around anyway. You doing a- your, were you doing your hair or what, what were you doing? <laughs> Just on that, it was an unbelievable experience going there. And um, back in the day, a lot of the coaches from the NRL used to go over to the States and explore, you know, the NFL system and the NFL systems and their, their training facilities and used to bring it back and put it into place here. But when we got there, they were actually had cherry pickers up there videoing the training session. And we said, what about this, boys? They're actually videoing training sessions. Mm. And, you know, it was unheard of back in 
Australia that um, they video the training sessions and, you know, look at it now, the professionalism of the NRL. It's uh, every training session gets videoed, but it just shows you how much advanced they are over there in the States. Oh, it's another level over there, boys, professionalism. Now we've got Sonny Bra and the team at the Rabbitohs doing the same thing. Exactly. And the most famous guy I've met recently is Roger Corsa, Dr. Doctor. Met him in Mudgee. That's where they filmed the show. He was down there for the Charity Shield last year, and the top four podcasts are going to get him on soon. Yes, and I was going to get say on the show that, yeah. when we were going to get him on too, but you know, that's all right. We can share our guests around, and we'll still get him on because his story is going to be great for you to listen to. What about you, chaps? Well, mate, obviously you know that my brothers are paparazzi, so I used to tag along at times, and you know he's met everyone from I don't know, Bill Clinton right through to Sammy Davis Jr. to the lot. Anyway, one one I remember tagging along to, I was. We're going to do a bit of paparazzi work over in the northern beaches where... What did you do? Just carry the camera? Oh, carry, carry no, the I, I just I just carried the pen for the autographs, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I was only a young tacker then. But anyway, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman were dating. And then staying over there at her parents' house. Can't quote the suburb, can't remember. Anyway, we've gone around the back. Palm Beach or what are they? You probably get charged for this these days. Anyway, this could be called stalking. But anyway, we've gone around the back and... Um, my brother and his mate were going to get the camera set up. It was just a, one of those gates where you put your hand through and open it up, but there was a big hole there. And anyway, Tom's serenading um, Nicole in this back bunker room at this house, oh. singing a song to her, going over on, and went over her on the couch and that. And I said, I think that's enough, guys. I think we better go. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think anyone in the world would have seen that at the time. They were the sort of power couple for the world. And also, I can remember going to meet, Guns and Roses, got to meet Slash, got a photo with him and got his autograph and his bodyguard looked exactly the same out of the big puffy hair. But um, Axel Rose, uh, he wasn't as friendly. We, we, I think we got an autograph of him, but he was just, he was an angry, grumpy old celebrity, so yeah. he wasn't much fun to meet. Oh, we've all met the great man, Russell Crowe. Yep. We've all met him and it was uh, great meeting him. Plenty of stories to be told and we've been up to his farm, maybe. So. Yeah. And if you're listening, Russell... Call us. We'd love to have a chat on the show. Yeah, we'd love to have Russell on. Okay, we are recording Saturday week before Mother's Day. Mother's Day is the 9th of May this year, and I want to do a shout-out to my mum, Lynn Chapel, who grew up in King Street Mascot in a mad South family. And I took her to Ikea the other day on Thursday, the day of the game, and we're driving through Mascot, and she's telling me her first boyfriend was Rod Gorman, and she said that's where his family lived, and... She got a bit angry because they knocked the building down and put some brand new units up. She said it looked pretty ordinary. And we took her out there and I, she wanted to get a table and stuff like that. So I got her a table and, and she was so appreciative that I took the time to take her out because, you know, so busy these days in our lives and you know, I'm, I'm lucky to have my mum still alive and, and she's a beautiful mum and she's done everything for me and my brother Miles. And happy Mother's Day to you, mum. I love you so much. Yeah, well done, chaps. And the late Rod Gorman, he was uh, one of the... Good coach coming through the days, wasn't he, Mova? He was tough too tough. as a player. Mm. Someone said to me, they were telling a story about him that in, I think it was the reserve grade or third grade grand final, they were getting beat and Bull come on and just carved them up when they won. Mm. So he could play too. And he was the coach at South when I first got there in 86. So yeah. There you go. And your mum's a big follower of the show. She follows us on our socials and likes our stuff and all that, Lynn. So lovely lady. And also my wife, Carola. We got married um, in 2013, but we're in a relationship for a lot longer than that, 20 plus years, and she's been a 
a rock by my side. She's so driven. Uh, I'm really proud of what she's doing. She's not only doing a full-time job there at Westpac, but she's also studying a business degree. And she's a great mum to our three kids. And we've just got a new member of the family. Not a kid, but a new dog. So she's also mothering this new dog. Little Chloe. It's a Groodle. Groodle. Is that the same as the dog you've already got? Have you got matching Groodle you mean, Groodles? You, you mean the forgotten dog? or Yeah. yeah the, <laughs> the, the, brown, the dark brown one. Yeah, that's Inky. Yeah, he, he gets, he's been left out a bit this week. But. Yeah. Yep, I'd like a shout out to my mum, Denise Brown. Brought up in the Coogee area, heart, the heartland of South Sydney Territory. Followed me throughout my career and still goes to the games today. So happy Mother's Day to my mum and also to my partner, Belinda who is a mother to my beautiful daughter, Charlie, and a stepmom to my boys, Jaden and Tyler. So happy Mother's Day to you all, all Mad Rabbitohs supporters, and uh, often seen at all the games. And shout out to my mum, Viv. I lost her in 2017. I love you, and I still get emotional talking about her. But, uh, yeah, she was a big part of my life. She was always there for me, me and my brother, Greg, and my dad, Dick. And, and, I, and I, like I said, I still miss her, but I'll be buying her some flowers on Mother's Day and shout out to my Mrs. Samantha. She's a mother to our girls, Demi and Jasmine, and we're off on Sunday, so we'll be doing something there. And to all the listeners out there, all the mums, happy Mother's Day. Okay, boys, that's it. Everybody out there, please remember to rate and review. Give us a five-star rating. Take us out, Maroon. Thanks for listening to Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off selected hotels. Conditions apply. What If, it's Aussie for travel.